Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we are going to meet a board member of Social Venture Partners and a member of the C20 Steering Committee, Mark Weber, and Gina Esquivel, a community coach for C20 event. C20 was created by Social Venture Partners to highlight and connect the community to our region's most innovative ideas for tackling pressing social challenges. And we'll inspire you to do good, Charlotte, by the various ways you can get involved with Social Venture Partners and go see Seed20. Mark Weber and Gina Esquivel, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. Mark, we're going to start with you. Um, Your full-time gig is a managing partner for a consulting company. Um, What made you want to get involved in Social Venture Partners? So I am an entrepreneur. And so I am Entrepreneur 2.0. So what I do for a living is management consulting, and I've done two startups now. Um, I was looking for a way to put my interest in the startup world to work in a different way. And so um, for me, I've been fascinated by people who think like I do, like an entrepreneur, um, but who are interested in applying that in a way to address social issues. So it's just really fascinating to me to see how that brain works in the not-for-profit sector. So how did you find Social Venture Partners, or how did they find you? So I found Social Venture Partners in the way that a lot of people do. I had a friend of mine, she was actually a customer who became a friend, and she said, you know what, Mark, I attend this event every year called Seed 20, and I think you would really appreciate it. And so she invited me to go. Um, I always respect her opinion. So when she said, you got to go, I listened and I went and, uh, you know, I was blown away. I was sold and I'm like, I have to, I have to get involved in this somehow, some way. So you got involved in a big way. I did get involved in a big way. Last year was, I think, bigger or 2018 was even bigger. But so what did you do before? Yeah. So, you know, I joined Social Venture Partners um, as a partner. There's a group of us here in Charlotte that uh, have kind of pooled our money to support early stage not-for-profits, and Seed20 is one of one of our two programs with Social Venture Partners. So I got involved in just volunteering on a on a committee um, for one of our investees with Social Venture Partners, and uh, and then I started doing odds and ends volunteering for Seed20, um, helping out on the day where our um, uh, participants are being videotaped and on photo day. So I was kind of getting involved behind the scenes and that led me to a bigger role where I ended up serving as a lead partner, which is a fancy name for uh, kind of project manager for, for the event back in 2018. So I'm going to back up for a second. Yeah. Talk about what C20 does for someone who um, is getting a nonprofit off the ground. Yeah. So, so C20 is interesting. There are actually two sides to C20. One is uh, C20 serves as a way to help early stage not-for-profits um, finesse their message. It's really about who they are, uh, why they matter, and, uh, and 
what, what the difference is that they're making in the community. Now, on the other hand, we know that innovation doesn't only rest in the hands of early stage not-for-profits. So we also encourage existing not-for-profits that have a new program or an innovative approach to solving um, issues with whomever their constituencies are. We also want to encourage them to apply. So we're working on both sides. So innovation um, is tied to both, whether it's a new not-for-profit or an existing. And we're really working hard to get them to understand how to tell their story. That's important to get funding. It's important to get people to believe in their mission. It's important for them to be able to get volunteers. So it's all about the craft of storytelling. And it sounds simple, but a lot of people don't know what they're doing. No. (laughs) You know what's hard is that um, so many people, right, they want to talk about statistics. And, you know, human beings, we we don't... buy into statistics. I attended a meeting today where um, the the speaker said 95.47321% of statistics are made up, right? <laughs> so, and I thought that was perfect. So we respond to stories. That's why our parents read us um, uh, story uh, fairy tales. We respond to stories. We learn from the story. So we at C20 are really helping people to understand the art of telling the story. And it's how you can connect to something emotionally versus just, you know, raw statistics that are just more intellectual. We want to touch people in their hearts. And C20 does a really good job of helping people get to the heart of a story in a concise way, in a way that people will remember. And Gina, that's your job, right? Because you're the coach. Yes. So... Let's first talk a little bit about your background, um, because you, you have philanthropy in your background. You've, you've done leadership teaching people as well. So um, how, did you, how did Social Venture Partners find you, or did, how did you get involved? Well, it looks like we have been walking parallel to each other. I have been in the space of social justice, uh, social sector, for 20-some years. And along the way, I have seen the tremendous impact that SVP has brought into different organizations and programs. And it got closer, as I got closer to SVP, so there was another coach that said, come over here, I think you can contribute to this conversation. And the reason why, um, I'm an early adopter, and, and part of that comes from always wanting to try new things. And, and I believe that goes along with the mindset of entrepreneur. And for social impact, we have been, if, if you had to look back and see, we have been relying on a science that is, is a little bit outdated. And it is requiring us to be faster, more efficient, and, and more intentional. And so this innovation is required for us to be able to deliver social impact in community. And that's where it, she knew me and she says, you can, I think you could be a great addition because the voice of the, the experience that I'm bringing in plus the curiosity along the way. So what does a coach do? So a coach has an important role. Um, so each, each, each year, uh, C2020 chooses 20 organizations to be going through this journey. Out of the 20, 10 are selected for the stage. Oh, okay. And so out of the 20, the first cohort, they go on a, on a bi-weekly basis to sit down and review their pitch. It's a three-minute pitch. The role of the coach 
is to work with them to find the truth, to find that emotion, to go beyond the operational definition of an organization and really get to the just of what is so innovative about your organization that is actually worth winning the prize ticket, right, the $20,000. And that's where we come in. We are coaching because what, through this process, there is a number of things that come up for the, the leader of the organization. Am, am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm supposed to be saying? Um, and what we helped, what we are thinking this is a storytelling, also helps calibrate the ability of this person to understand their mission and vision and how they operationalize it in a way that it could be easy to understand. And I think also, so I'm just thinking about my conversation with the couple of I know C20s that I have talked to, alums, I guess you would call them. Right. Um, so Gen 1, oh my goodness, his, his whole dynamic, like he is just super charismatic. But he said he learned how to bring that to the stage because of you guys. So how do you get that out of people? I mean, obviously they have a spark. Obviously they have an idea. They wouldn't be in front of you if they didn't. But how do you take it yes. and make it shine? Well, there is something about, there is a science to it, and I, I, I can describe it, but it, there is art to it, uh, where you have a lot of noise. You are hearing a lot of things of what you should be and what you should be doing. And while they're trying to pay attention to all these opportunities in the community, say either funder or a space or people who wants to volunteer for them and you should be doing this, it starts sometimes going to a scope creep and people get lost. So the idea is while we're there with us is centering that one thing that makes a difference really taking away all that noise, all those layers of the, the unimportant things, and really get to. And the way we do this is by inviting the, the speaker to do an introspective walk, to see, to write. When they, they write that first, first pitch, is about five minutes, sometimes six minutes long. And they themselves start cutting it out. Mm. This is this matters. This doesn't matter. This matter. And what we are is we're a soundboard. They know better. But well, we are just kind of with them in a space where we say, pay attention. Pay attention here. You went the other way. Let's look back and see what happened here. And that starts kind of getting them into the space of this is where it really is sitting for me. This is where I can transform community. That's how we get it. So give me some examples of some of these awesome alums. Yeah, so chemo cars is really interesting, right? So uh, chemo cars was created when um, a son lost his mother to pancreatic cancer. Okay. And he started understanding during that journey that there were people who were fighting cancer who were having problems getting to the hospital to get their chemo treatments. And in today's day and age, you would think something as simple as just getting transportation to, to a medical facility to get chemo can really be a life or death situation. And so uh, he came up with, uh, the founder of Chemo Cars came up with a really great concept of how to use technology to be able to get cars, kind of the Uber model, to get people easily to their chemo appointments. And something that was you would think is just, a no-brainer idea, it really took someone creative to think of how do we take something and make it work. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
that is a classic example how people are using technology and using creativity to figure out, you know, this was a healthcare related situation. But they're inspired by real life. Yeah. I mean, he's seeing seeing what happened with his family and then That's translating right. that. That's and right. And so it's taking that that idea, that spark. Yeah. And then solving the problem. That's right. And it's it's matters of the heart that really drive people to come on stage. I'll never forget one of the most compelling stories I heard early on in my involvement with Seed 20. It was a speaker who did a wonderful job of painting a visual. Um, there was a, um, a, a vet who was walking in a Home Depot store. How many of us have walked in Home Depot, right? We do it all the time in the weekends. And, and so he was walking in Home Depot and somebody had knocked a clay pot off of a shelf and that pot broke. Well, this was a military vet. And so when that broke, right, it was, it was, it brought him back into the battlefield. And so that visual that was being painted was just incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a dog with them. That dog kind of brought him back to Home Depot and got him off of that battlefield. Um, It's that type of story. And so what's fascinating when we look at the coaching is to see a transformation that takes place over a few short weeks of coaching where you see this incredible transformation and the art of the story really coming together. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's magical about the actual event night is it is three minutes, they are tight pitches, and there are no props, there are no visuals. So it's really raw human storytelling that touches your heart. So I'm guessing you're hearing some really incredible stories right now. Can yes. you give us some teases but not ruin it for, for me, me <laughs> people? Let's, let's say um, one of the things I like about this is there is the path of social justice and there is the need mm-hmm. and there is innovation. And most of businesses do pay attention where that gap is because that's where they can make money. In our case, for social justice warriors, if we call ourselves that, our, our ability to put attention to that gap is where we create social impact. And that's the that's demonstration of someone who says, I think there is an opportunity here to do more. And what I'm hearing from so many folks is, for example, uh, we're working with one group right now who, who is, is, and I think it's okay to say the name because they're at, on the website. So Emerge, he is actually, the, the beauty of his story is where he is picking up three or four kids on a weekly basis to go and teach them martial arts for free. And the way he describes this is more than martial arts. That's just like the Trojan horse to get you in. But behind that, there is this ability to connect with kids that normally don't have that exposure to an adult, to the discipline, to some of these designs that goes behind the martial arts. And, and so he takes that and then transform it into a project that they will do with community. So it's not just about the discipline that goes along learning martial arts, and it's, it's, it's about learning how to give that in the community. So he's matching the innovation comes in, martial arts with civic engagement. That's a beauty. There is another one that he's um, thinking on, uh, it's actually Moore, Mooresville Soup Kitchen. Okay. And they are looking at, they have been feeding people for a long, long time. And their innovation says, well, we're feeding them, but let's teach them how to do and prepare their own meals. 
And if that means that we, you know, we can actually spend time with them with a dietitian and prepare them uh, meal plans or prepare them in an exercise plan, that also helps their long-term um, health. And so we don't see people who may not have something to eat and they opt to eat something for a dollar that is just full of all the stuff we know. And instead, they say, well, let me show you how you can actually do this in a very cheap and accessible way. So it's fascinating when you hear it because you can never think that all those things are broiling behind you. Right. It's like you commute from home to work and then from the gym and then maybe a movie theater on a weekend or a park, but you just don't know all these struggles and how people are coming up to answer to those. So how does it inspire you? Because I'm guessing you're not getting paid to do this. No, right. no, no. The the reward is in, in their eyes. It's that moment that they get on stage and the nervousness and the handshaking and they're like, I can do this. Is the reward to see that first we're raising awareness about the need in our community. And that to me, it's my long time goal is how do we let people know, create exposure, create awareness. And they do that very well. So when they're at this stage, it's, it's just, I think every coach that has been there, we're like, yes, this is a time. More so because we know they are struggling. As an organization that is entrepreneurial, um, they need to move through many, many barriers. And to have someone in the background to say, you can do it, and this is one of those times, it makes a huge difference for them. You're a professional cheerleader. Something like that. I like that. I like that. I like it, too. Um, what has surprised you? over the years that you've been involved with this? I think it has been, it was a surprise to see that in a competitive uh, situation, um, and I say it's competitive because the, you know, the class, uh, the C20 class is competing for uh, monetary prizes. Um, it surprised me that despite that competition, the classes typically get very close to one another and they build lasting friendships and they are supporting one another and and they end up collaborating with one another so to be able to see that those friendships build and develop and see how strong they those relationships become that that was surprising it was it was richly rewarding to see that happen yeah, I think that's really cool. Well, this is Pamela Escobar. You're listening to Do Good Charlotte. After the break, you'll hear about how you can actually see all these nonprofit entrepreneurs take the stage. How many servings of fruits and vegetables should you be eating? This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. The magic number is five. Three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruits have been connected to lower risk of certain cancers, stroke, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables are a great source of essential vitamins and minerals in addition to plenty of fiber to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of colon cancer. And they're high in vitamin C and potassium. If five servings seems like a lot, consider starting your daily vegetables with your first meal of the day. Snack on fruits and vegetables instead of whatever your current go-to 
snacks are. Use vegetables as the main ingredients in other dishes like baked goods and chili. And whenever you can, get fresh vegetables, especially in the summer when they are in season. This has been your 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. So there's 20 classes or 20 people who are going to participate and then only 10 of them are going to make it to the stage. So anybody who comes to the show is going to see a good show because these are 10 people who are well-trained. Yeah, well-trained. So they're going to see a phenomenal show and to even better that or best that, the the full class of the C20 will be there. So um, the audience will have an opportunity, even though only 10 go to stage, they'll have an opportunity to meet and interact with all 20. So even if you don't make it to the stage, it's still there's still an incentive to get that pitch down to three minutes or less, right? Because you're going to try to have these one-on-one conversations with people. Exactly. They're going to have, um, each organization will have a table with uh, the opportunity to present materials, to present something that will help them also express their, their, their mission of the organization. So who are the judges? So typically the judges are a combination of, historically we've had the prior year's winner. Okay, great. Um, we've had people who are involved in understanding the art of storytelling. Uh, we have had uh, people who have a vested interest or they have a tradition of um, funding early stage not-for-profits. So it's really been a cross-section of the community. Okay, great. Sorry, I didn't mean to stump you there. Um, so there are tickets that are on sale because this show is at is at a theater, right? Yes. So this is a, a big event. So you can big go event, online. Night theater, yeah. And C20.org is the website to go to. And what I would offer for those people out there that haven't been, it is a combination of a party Mm-hmm. and yes. a pitch contest, right? So before the event actually begins, there there are drinks and there is food and it's mixing and mingling and it is high energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for people that haven't been in, you walk into the theater and the energy level is just amazing. It just mm-hmm. it just hits you. So it is a fun celebratory event. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we go into the theater and we hear the pitches um, I recommend you bring Kleenex because <laughs> it, it really, when we talk about people yeah. touching the heart, I mean, it. I don't know that I have ever, and I'm a guy, I don't mind saying this, I'm in touch with my emotions. Um, it, it'll, there are pitches that will bring you to tears. Mm-hmm. There are pitches that are going to cause you to laugh. Um, and so you run the whole gamut of emotions. Um, and then when you're done with the event, there you get to celebrate again afterwards and you mm-hmm. get to congratulate the winners and you get to meet all members of the class. So um, it is pre-party, wonderful pitch event, followed by a post-party. Yes. We're talking about a thousand people attending. So it is a huge, huge party. At the same time, you don't have to dress up any, <laughs> any way. You, just, you can go straight from your office and just go. And the idea is that you actually invite your friends. You make a circle and say, let's go. And we assure you, you're going to have a good time. Well, I think for my audience, the people who are listening to Do Good Charlotte, um, you're going to be in a room 
of people who are doing good and who want to do more good. So if that doesn't make you excited, I don't know. I mean, why are you listening to this? But um, so I think it's, that's why I wanted to have the event on because I just think it's um, unusual and unique. And I think what's great is that we're all about building community here um, at the Queen City Podcast Network. And this is really building community of do-gooders. I mean, all over our, our area. Yeah, and and I think you nailed it on the head. And I think another thing that's really interesting about the event is I've lived in Charlotte 20 years, and Charlotte is growing and evolving and changing so quickly. Um, and as that happens, the needs of our city um, continue to change and evolve. So uh, you asked earlier about one of the things that surprised me, and I think a lot of people are surprised when they attend C20 that they will walk away having learned about a cause or a need um, that they never really gave thought to before or didn't really understand that here in Charlotte, and when we say Charlotte, we mean the greater Charlotte region, right, right. Um, they'll walk away with an understanding and a learning and a deeper appreciation for what some of the needs of the community are. I think passion is contagious. And so when you see why someone's passionate about something, it, it can make you passionate about it as well, even if you've never heard of it before. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing is it's, it's good for connecting the dots. So, um, you know, I know this has happened for me and it happens for others. You could have a not-for-profit that brings an idea to the table and you can walk away saying, look, that idea is phenomenal and I can see it being applied in this way in my business or in this way in my own not-for-profit. So, um, so the ability to really fuel creativity and take these stories and apply them in many different ways is also quite fascinating. I'm, I'm looking at you because I know that you've been highly involved in two nonprofits. Were either of them um, part of C20 or it's just it's a side thing for you? <laughs> yeah. So so I have been involved as a um, most recently as a board chair with Our Bridge for Kids. Right. Um, phenomenal organization that serves as a um, after-school program, and it's actually much more than an after-school program uh, for refugee and immigrant children on Charlotte's uh, east side. Uh, Social Venture Partners met the founding, um, the creator, the founder, uh, Sil Gonzo, through Seed20. Oh. And so what's interesting about that is that Sil did not win the prize for Seed20. Um, however, uh, many of our uh, cities funders, those people who are interested in funding early stage not-for-profits, they use Seed20 as a way, as a pipeline. Mm-hmm. And Sill ended up um, not not only making some relationships with uh, with the funder in the, in the community who has really been a long-term partner of hers, um, but she ended up being an investee of Social Venture Partners, which is a longer-term, three-year-plus uh, investment cycle. So Um, so that's a classic example of someone that we as social venture partners met through C20 and she ended up making some very deep relationships and long-term connectivity that has helped that program just flourish beyond, I think, her wildest imagination. So there's the grand prize winner, but in reality, I know it's cliche, but everyone's a winner because everyone is really, you're taking a skill of, of pitching at a minimum, but then you're possibly making those connections with other people in the audience who uh, want to give back as well. And they're trying to find who they can give to. That's right. You know, they say in in my business world, it's always, it's a cliche 
that it's about who you know and that connections matter. And we would argue that same thing really holds true in the not-for-profit sector. So the ability to have a thousand people that you can connect with and that you are very comfortable and skilled at telling your story, it is truly a game changer for these organizations. So the ability to connect and, and get funders and to get volunteers and to get people to understand who you are and why you matter and do that all in one night, it's, it's, it's really quite unbelievable that here in Charlotte, we've been able to have this type of program be so successful. You've shared some of the stories. Is there any other story um, that keeps you going? I mean, I'm guessing it's a lot of work doing events. I mean, it's, it's, it's rewarding, but it's not easy and it's a lot of dedication. And like I said, you're not making any money off of it um, for all that time. That's right. So what's, what are some of those stories that keep you going? You know, a story that keeps me going is um, uh, Community Matters Cafe. Oh, I love that place. That is an awesome place, it right? It is. It really is. So this is a classic story of an established not-for-profit Charlotte Rescue Mission that had an idea. And they came in and they applied for Seed 20 and they were accepted into the program. And Seed 20 helped to bring um, a great idea to light. So every time I uh, have, a, and I try to do as many business lunches as yeah. I can at Community Matters Cafe, that warms my heart to see, um, to see the beauty of that building, um, to see, understand what the program is, to be um, served so professionally and warmly uh, by the staff. Um, that that is it's something that I see and I feel and I try to incorporate into my business life and it really it really warms my heart. For people who don't know, the staff who are the people that are working there. Yeah, so the people who are working there are people that the Charlotte Rescue Mission serves, and so the thought being is it's a way for people to earn a wage and it's a way for people to be able to earn skills that they can take with them. Um, how do you hold down a job? How, what, what do you do? What are the soft skills that one needs to understand? So to be able to have an environment where you are being coached and you're trained real-world application to help you get from a place where you may be in your life and you're struggling to a place where you can really find a path where you've been coached to, to self-sustainability is, is phenomenal. And the space is beautiful. It's and gorgeous. the food is delicious. <laughs> so yeah, delicious. No. And, and it's nice t- to have the the story exactly when you're there. Yeah, and and they also have some of the most phenomenal Charlotte inspired gifts. Uh, for, that's true. Right? That's true. Yeah, right. And right as you walk in. Right as you walk in. So it is a great place, and it also warms my heart to see. You know, it to me, it's it's almost become a, a flourishing unofficial co-working space so I can walk in there it's true and I can see people who are kind of movers and shakers and supporting both Charlotte for-profits and not-for-profits sitting over their coffee having meetings so you 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 have the restaurant side but you also have this coffee co-working side so it's really cool to see Gina you've got I'm guessing lots of nights of practice ahead of you uh what does it look like before the event because the event is what is the date of the event for people who are interested yeah so it's March 31st Okay, so you have this is crunch time. It right? is crunch time. So, so what's what's left for your teams and um, how are you preparing them? So just uh, the last few weeks, we have been focusing on the pitch and kind of building the basic and fundamental elements. And just last night, we debrief on presence and delivery. So my my mentee has a lot of work to do, and we're going to be meeting actually uh, by Zoom video. 
video chat to see he how he gets you know a little bit of a head on on the on the delivery so that that gives us a little bit of time because the next time we meet is where the 20 out of the 20 they're going to choose 10. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's a pressure for this. There is pressure. But there is a huge advantage to videotaping your performance and then you can sit down and break it down and see where you can improve and that sort of thing. Absolutely. We are, we tape it every time. We review the pitch together and then the, each one of the things that is fascinating is just not two coaches looking at one organization. The way they have structured this is you get at least 5 each time we meet. So all the coaches are bringing forward their perspective about the pitch. So we get to, to make comments on other organizations, not just one. We're close to one, but we get really, it's a community that is collective thought, just kind of bringing, bringing the feedback to them and say, well, think about this and think about that. And it's fascinating to see how even mentees can start tapping on each other and say, hey, I think you should include this and you should include that. And there was one that I just thought it was so fascinating, just just so cute yesterday. He he stumbled across his pitch and he said, you know what, even if it stops today, if I was not chosen for the 10, it is, it's changed me. Mm. It's changed me since the moment I walked in. And I just, that that's the kind of reflection you want on someone that you're investing your time. Yeah, and you're seeing that. And... Um I think people who are going to go to the event will be changed as well. So it's not just the people on stage, it's the people who are sitting there and just observing the whole thing. Absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about it. You're hooked. Once you go, you, you, you just come back. You just come back. Well, you guys did a great job pitching me today on C20. So I hope our audience will take advantage and get their tickets. I want to thank you so much for sharing your story and your good. Thank you so much. Do you know someone else like Mark or Gina who is doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. I'm Pamela Escobar. Thanks for listening to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. <laughs>